Good. Welcome, everybody. I am Joe412, and this is another Draft412 podcast. Tonight, we are putting the Pittsburgh Pirates and their hot start on the clock. With me, I have our editor-in-chief, John Toth, or we belovingly call JT, and Pittsburgh's premier sports historian, Dave Finoli. If you haven't read Dave's stuff, uh, we're glad to have him as part of uh, of our writing team and as a columnist at 412. The guy's got 170,000, no, more like 30 books on, on Pittsburgh sports and sports history in particular out. So if you want to pick some of those up, just look for Finoli when you get to the sports rack at uh, Barnes & Noble in your neighborhood. Believe me, you won't miss it. There's plenty there uh, to find. And these guys are our resident pirate experts, and I'm glad to have them uh, on, the, on the hot seat tonight to talk a little bit about this Pirates hot start. So, gentlemen, I'm going to start it off. And JT, I'm going to throw it to you first. The Pirates had one hell of, a, of an April here, right? And I don't think anybody expected us to be 20 and 10 uh, at this point. You know, what led to the Pirates' hot start, and, and, you know, can they keep it up? The second part of the question, I don't think they'll keep this pace up. I mean, it's a hundred, what's like a 110-win pace. They're not going to do that. Yeah. But I think the reason they, they they got off to such a hot start is the pitching right now is it's, it's game in and game out. It's really good. I mean, even right now they're losing 5-1. Keller's getting a little – roughed up a little bit but really it's it all and it started with an error on um Castro and uh you have uh Contreras doing unbelievable each start um Velasquez looks like he's getting his act together which he was always a big um a big guy with Philly that um they, they knew he had the talent there um but I think the main thing besides the pitching is just that th these veterans Carlos Santana Andrew McCutcheon uh even Austin Hedges Hedges ain't gonna give you much as a hitter but as a catcher and as a leader, the last couple of nights there's been some issues with the umpiring. He's been he's been throwing his two cents out there. In fact, Shelton got thrown out um, tonight. Um, I think the veterans and, and they they seem really close this year, man. Like I, on the bench, there's no pointing fingers. There's no it, it's it's a good crew. And if you want to put it in an aspect, I ain't gonna say they're as good as the teams were in 15 and 16, but I think. McCutcheon and Santana is like the new AJ Burnett. You need you need a guy like that. Like AJ was the reason. I think AJ was the uh, the glue on the uh, on the old team, and I think they're starting to build that back up again here in Pittsburgh. So, Dave, I'll come to you. Uh, and I think that JT had sort of hinted at this, but you know, are are, are these Pirates for real? Are they going to contend? Are, are they going to be in a wild card chase? When we, you know, in August when we get there at the trade deadlines, I mean, are are they really for real? Are they really? 20 and 10 good, or are we going to see them peter out? They'll, they'll be in a chase. I, I don't think it's going to be a serious one, uh, to be honest. I um, um, I do think it'll peter out. I think the offense is probably not as strong as it needs to be or, or where it will be. Um, but that being said, I mean, I, I had this as a 76-win team at, at the beginning of the year, and I was told I was being overly optimistic. Um Odds are by me, finish. of course, too. <laughs> but uh, odds are they're going to be over 500, which at this point in time for, for the rebuild is ahead of schedule. Um, are they for real? I think they're for real in, in, a, in the fact that next year they will seriously um, compete for a, a wild card spot. And, and um, with the depth of the system, as deep as it's been in, in uh, 50 years, um, 
they're doing the things right this time that they couldn't do to maintain the playoff team of the mid uh, uh, 2010s. Um, so in that aspect, it is for real. But uh, I, I think if we hit 82, 83 wins, that's pretty much where we're going to end up this year. And that's a good, good, good season. Yeah, and at this point too, with a, with a twenty win head start going into to May, they'd really have to crater not to get to that five hundred mark, right, JT? Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's uh, you figured it's 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 not too hard. I mean, they're, they're probably gonna be twenty and eleven after tonight. That's already they were twenty and eight. Um, they were twenty eight a couple <laughs> days ago. So, I, mean, I mean, there's a lot of baseball games. It's not impossible to go eleven games, twelve games under over. You know, which it could happen. I mean, and I know that what's going to happen in Pittsburgh, you're going to have a bunch of people who are going to rip on guys like me and Dave and be like, ah, oh, these guys are all excited, blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> but I think Dave has the right the right point of view that every time the Pirates turn it around, there's a year like this. Like, I'm not going to say they're going to win. Even if they win 75, 76 games, like he said, this always seems to happen before it all comes together. And um, I, I think they have everything in place right now. And I mean, the, the one thing that we don't, none of these guys are even seeing right now is that there's, there's prospects knocking on the door that, you know, I mean, and Austin Hedges is great for this team because of his veteran ability and his veteran presence. But we have two catchers down in the minors right now that, I mean, they could be top, top 10. Oh, Henry Davis. Yeah. They, it, Davis and Rodriguez and any, any road, they could be top 10 catchers in the league right now. And, you know, it's there's a lot. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of players knocking on the door, and we have a lot of good young pitching up here right now. And I think, I think honestly, I think they probably will end up under 500 at the, at the, as the season goes on. And I think people will get down on them again, but I don't, I don't think it's fair to. I think they're proven right now that they have. They're showing the glimpses that you need to have. Yeah, and and Henry Davis has potential for a catcher we haven't seen here. Um, I'll even bypass Jason Kendall because uh, he really didn't have much power. Um, but we haven't seen here since Tony Pena and Manny Sanguian. So that's that's been a long time. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I think, you know, Kendall was reliable, but yeah. he was not a power guy. No. Where Davis is is really, especially over the last month, has really showed, you know, it, you know, and I liked some of his comments about, hey, you know, that the fact that he's not up in the majors is really the – the fire that's burning that's keeping him going. He wants to prove that that he can be here. But coming back to you, Dave, uh, on a point, uh, I think we talked a little bit about looking forward with this team and is this team for real. But let's look back at the first month for a second. You know, who's leading this charge? Like who from the who from the dugout, who from the organization, who would you point a finger at and say is leading this team to a twenty and ten start? Well, my my first pick is uh, Ben Charrington. Ben Charrington uh, has you notice a difference when he makes a trade where he he waits for top prospects of organizations. Um, when um, Huntington made a trade, it was usually for guys who were basically fairly above a quad A. A quad A player being a guy who really belongs between Triple A and majors, but isn't a star. Um, he would go for those major league ready guys, um, but not necessarily the stars. And and where he was very successful picking up veterans and and um, guys who were they they were able to uh, uh, get last ounce of baseball out of them. 
that's not going to sustain an organization through the long run. And that's ended up what happened to him after 2015. Um, ben Charrington has been the guy to put this organization together. He's put the development staff together, which is a huge difference between um, between the two organizations, especially with the pitching. Uh, Mitch Keller is a prime example. Under um, Huntington, he fell the way of Glasnow and, and several other guys that just failed here. Even Garrett Cole was nowhere near the pitcher he is with other organizations. Well, that's um, true. And, and Keller has become a potential number one guy um, under this development team. So um, to me, and I know there was talk about one. trading him and moving him a couple of years ago. And I, and I think that they were right for, for, you know, sticking, sticking with the guy. I, I absolutely agree. And I, I think Glasnow, who I claim was the best, best pitching, uh, pitching prospect I've ever seen in a pirate system. Um, you know, had, had he been under the Charrington, We'd have a Cy Young, uh, potential Cy Young Award winner um, on, on our staff right now, and we would be competing for um, playoff spots. Well, JT, Dave chose a guy. He answered my question by choosing a guy that's in the front office. Can you point to a couple of guys that are on the field that are making a difference? You, you know, I, I'm really enjoying watching play baseball. And, and when we first signed them, I was like, ah, it's not going to make much of a difference. It, it's Connor Joe. I mean, Connor Joe is, is a guy that has yeah. a great eye to plate. Um, he, he's got such a great eye that he's he's striking out on some pitches, and you can tell on the on the square it's outside the square. And he, this guy's like dead on. He's hit he hit another double tonight. He's um, the guys like him just came out of nowhere, and he wants to prove himself as a major leaguer. He was here earlier, went to Colorado. He did decent last year with Colorado. When we got him, I thought it was like an after effect kind of thing, but um. Of course, him. Then you got Brian Reynolds. Of course, is just he's on an eight-game hitting streak now, and he's. I, I think you're going to see the best of Brian Reynolds now that the contract is is through. You know, he got the contract he wanted, and he, I think he feels he feels a, a lot more comfortable now here in Pittsburgh. And then you got to give it to, like I said, the pitching Bednar and the bullpen. Um, the, the, the kids lights out, and and R R Ronzi Contreras um, and and Keller Keller ain't going to look like it today with the score right now. But Keller and Contreras have been uh, solid as starters as well. I, they're getting a little bit of everything at, at everywhere, but th those are the guys. And then, of course, just the leadership of Santana and McCutcheon. You can't, you can't, you can't. Um, especially like Carlos Santana. I mean, he's playing the hard, hard-nosed baseball. He's an older guy. Yeah, yeah, playing really well. Like that kind of leadership in the locker room. And you mentioned Reynolds, and I'll throw this over to you, Dave. Um, you know, obviously, we were all excited to see that the Pirates, uh, you know, signed Reynolds long term. Uh, now that that's in the rearview mirror, you know, who should the Pirates concentrate on signing next? And that could be one or two guys. I'll leave it up to you to to tell me who you think their target should be. Well, there there are three targets I have. I mean, okay. O'Neill Cruz is obviously a target. Um, the potential's there. You want to um, you want to lock them up now. Um, get him through eight, nine years. Um, you'll, my estimation is you'll save money in the long run because this kid has uh, potential at the wazoo. One of the great trades in pirate history. Um, it was a Neil Huntington trade, Tony Watson to the Dodgers um, for a, a low end kid in, uh, in a short season ball. Um, so he would be the first one, but, the other two I would go after right now are, are Keller and Contreras. Um, Contreras is going to be the ace of the staff by the time it's all said and done. He has great stuff. Um, he's still developing a little, but has has 
shown an, an incredible amount of of um, of talent. And then Keller certainly is is the stable force in that uh, in that rotation. So those would be the three guys I would focus on at this point. JT, do you you agree with Dave's assessment? I totally agree. And if, if the fourth guy would be, and I'm being dead serious when I say this, if they if they draft Dylan Cruz, and he comes out in a year or two and play, he you got to do what the Tampa Bay did with like Wander Franco. Just give him, get him signed up early. If you know the if you know the guy's a blue chipper, don't let you know. From everything I've heard, this kid's not like a he's not a Pedro Alvarez that we drafted out of college. This kid's a total deal, and I would, but I, I do agree with him with the three. And you know, if you get them three with with Hayes and, and Reynolds, I think the people in this town are going to be like, all right, you know, we got next seven excited about baseball, yeah, yeah. I mean, and they're going to cost a ton of money. I mean, if you if you sign the other guys he talked about, they're all going to be under what Reynolds just got. I mean, yeah. for the most part, unless a Contreras or something, you know. As a pitcher, yeah. pitchers make a little bit more money sometimes. But. And, and it's a philosophy the Indians used in the 90s yeah. and got them to a couple World Series and arguably uh, uh, talent-wise the best team of the uh, of the 90s. And it was it was a great cost-effective uh, uh, way to do it. So it, it has a track record of working. And if we, so were, we'll, year, if we were a no, year... Go ahead, JT. Uh, if we were a year or two ahead, if we were like right there what Dave was talking about, another guy I would consider would be David Bednar, but I think Bednar is the last piece of the puzzle to trade on our team. And people are going to be like, what are you talking about? But I think if the Pirates start to lose this year, which I, I think they will, like I said, 75 wins would be, would be, would be a He'll be an attractive piece. piece. I agree. He'll he will definitely be attractive. attractive He'd probably be the last piece that we could move to bring in maybe that one or two extra. I'd love to see more I fold in this, this organization. I talk about it all the time. I just – you can look. You can look. You can look yeah. from Triple A down to rookie league. Our athletes. Everybody who's watching, I can say he does talk about it all the time. It drives me. <laughs> I think what drives me more nuts is that we had Austin Meadows, we had Harold Ramirez. I mean, we had we had athletes that were ready to, um, you know, ready to play, but yeah. we got rid of them. But that was the other regime. So yeah. Well, I'll throw this over to to you, Dave. I guess uh, questions for both of you, but. You know, look, I know it's a long season. Uh, we're only, you know, us, you know, a, a month and one week into it. Uh, but if this team is going to fall back, I mean, have you guys identified in your minds what those biggest weaknesses are and, and where we can improve? Well, I mean, the biggest weakness in my eye, um, while there are uh, uh, delays off to a great start, um, that won't sustain. And, and, um, when you don't have an offense that's that's predict, particularly uh, productive, um, a 143 hitting catcher won't uh, um, won't sustain as good as he is uh, with them, which is why they have the one year contract because that's that's his mo as he can't hit. Um, I think that at this point is their biggest weakness. Um, but on the good end, that's what's that's what's the biggest strength of the farm system coming up. You have two guys, and and right now that's that's a a legitimate question is the chase. Who's going to make it here first? Davis can leapfrog um, Rodriguez from Altoona. I mean, Sawinski shows they're, they're willing to do that. And I, I believe Castro, they, they plucked from there last year too. Um, so they, they will be willing to do that if possible. And with uh, um, the forearm injury, which isn't serious, but it could be enough to hinder him back. 
if there's an injury to one of those two guys right now, Davis would be the odds on favorite to get the call up. Yeah, JT, to, to Dave's point, uh, do you see a scenario this year? And I mean, just this year, let's say, for example, the Pirates are, you know, they're, they're rolling and they're at least competitive in the wild card chase. Uh, do you see a scenario where one of those catchers uh, comes up in a more co- permanent capacity and makes a difference? Because if that is one of the biggest weaknesses you guys have identified, do you take a, do you roll a dice and, and maybe use a year, lose a year in there? What are your thoughts on either one of those guys coming up and, and maybe filling that hole and making us competitive through that rest of the season? I think the Pirates' plan was, um, I mean, they didn't make an, an announcement. But I think it was pretty safe to say with with and any Rodriguez going the triple way and, and Davis going the double way that at some point this year, I thought they figured that Rodriguez would probably get some playing time either, you know, at, if we had trouble at first base, which we don't seem to have the trouble at first. They're moving him to first right now. They're playing a little bit of first and he's catching. But I think if they, if they, if they keep up his pace somehow and they are like right there in a wild card, I have, I, I could see Andy Rodriguez coming up, unless, like Dave said, if if Henry Davis is just lighting it up. But I have a feeling the Pirates would still want to see if because any Rodriguez ain't playing bad either. I think they'd still bring Rodriguez up, and then they would give Davis a chance to go to Triple A and at least get maybe 20, 30 at bats. Yeah, but, bounce um, around. Yeah. 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 But I honestly don't think it's gonna happen. Um, that was one of the weird signings, but Austin Hedges signing was like he said, that's his MO. He know he knows Thorne well. He ain't coming back next year. I mean, he was here to help out the pitching staff and and the guy's doing well with that. And he's actually his that batting average is terrible, but he's hitting the ball hard. I mean, he had a couple of line drives yesterday. He got robbed on a double. Um but my biggest weakness though with the pirates, I, I do agree with the catching is the biggest position, but they're fielding right now. The way they're just throwing players around, I don't like. And we talked about it a little bit off the off the air. Uh, G1 Bay, they're putting infielders in the outfield. And that's – I'm going to get back to my point that we need outfield. Well, well, well we, let me interrupt you. Is, is that a Shelton thing? I mean, what are we doing? Is that you think that's a management thing? Or do you think they're it's early in the season they're just testing guys and trying to find the best fit for them? I think they're testing guys because they don't have anything to – I mean – I think me and Dave talked about it earlier. I'd rather I'd rather see Travis Swaggerty, like you know, whatever they have when they had the issue with the outfield at the beginning of the year. I was like, I, I, let's see Swaggerty come up. You know, remember, remember that Dave? Whenever Kuzminski yeah. uh, started off real, real bad. I mean, he was striking out. I think he had like twelve strikeouts in his first twenty at bats or something like that. He looked lost, and he's 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 caught fire since then. But and and he he is probably the best defensive outfielder in AAA in the majors uh, that they have. So. That, that to your point of fielding, that would be an improvement there with him. And they just lost the last two games basically. Um, yesterday they lost because uh, Castro lost the ball in the in the ceiling, and then uh, they were they were up one nothing today with two odds, and Castro missed a ground a ground ball at shortstop. Yeah. He over overplayed it. So um, we have a lot of guys that play multiple positions, which is good. It's good if you have a really good team. Like if you have a real good team, you have a couple guys that can play third, second. That's great to bring them off the bench, but when they're starting and then they're moving them around, it's it, it's very tough. And I understand with Cruz being hurt, you you put whatever you can at shortstop, and I think the fielding is what's going to kill them before anything else this right. year. And this isn't emblematic of what this team will end up being. When Cruz is at short, you're you're going to have either Gonzalez or or Johnson at second. The other will will probably be your your designated hitter. Um, 
so it will stabilize. But your 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 point on, and I'm not sure whether you you hit this or not, but we need more outfielders. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, you know, that, that I missed it. I, I don't hear it from John every day, twice a day. <laughs> I'm, I'm a 30, I have a 38 and over baseball game this week. I'm hoping to hard stop so maybe I could shag a couple of fly balls. <laughs> but that, that is that is a huge weakness. That really is. I mean, Reynolds yeah. is pretty much. I mean, Swinsky looks he looks decent defensively out there, but inconsistent. Um, and that's another guy we we talk about who, if we're talking, who made the biggest improvement. Um, in my eyes, it's his patience at the plate. Oh yeah, um, has, has, has been yeah, a stunner. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's he's more than acceptable in the outfield. So if, if he comes along, if if Cruz um, develops, and you're right, it's it, I'd like to see Swaggerty get that shot at least until, um, um, provided they draft Cruz. You you know, not a sure thing, but they're damn stupid if they don't. Um, but uh, that would go a long way towards solidifying that. Plus, you're going to have a lot of major pieces in your middle infield that you can, once you start winning, you take those pieces and you trade them. You become the opposite. You trade your prospects for major league, uh, major league players who can help you out. So they're close to being to that point, too. Well, hey, we're coming to the end. Uh, of our time here on this Pirates on the Clock. Um, I want to thank Caliente's Pizza and Craft House for their sponsorship of not only our website, but the great job they did at our Stage AE NFL Draft Day uh, you know, event uh, with Merrill Hodge in, to benefit the Jerome Bettis, the Bus Stops Here Foundation. They were fantastic. Their pizza and wings were well received by the crowd of 400 people, uh, and we really appreciate that. But to that end, the Caliente's hot take of the week is this final question for both of you, and I'll pose it to you first, JT. Uh, you kind of hinted at your answer before, but I'm going to ask anyway. Your final win prediction. Is this the year that the Pirates crawl over that 500 mark, uh, or do they stay below that Mendoza line? I say they stay below the Mendoza line. They improved from last year's uh, record, which is not hard to do when you lose 100 games. But, <laughs> but um. I think this will be the first off season in a while where people will be talking about the Pirates off season and and saying this is you know getting excited for opening day. Where it ain't just because McCutcheon signed here, but it's the fact that they have a, a talented team uh, coming up and coming back. I mean, once people start to really dig into the Pirates, they'll be amazed at the minor league system. It's 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 like Dave said in his uh, Dave put an article out. Uh, yesterday, today, and it's it's exactly right. We, we haven't seen it in our lifetime, me and you, Joe. Um, you know, this hasn't I'm happened sixties. Yeah, this hasn't. <laughs> happened. This is we've never had this much talent. We've had we've had like a, a Barry Bonds or a or a McCutcheon down there, but we've never had this many different guys at different positions. How about you, David? Well, first off, let about me say five hundred or not. Well, go ahead. I've always been okay with the food at the Mellon Arena dash uh, whatever we're calling it now. Um, PPG. PPG place, PPG paints. Until Caliente Pizza went in there, which is my go-to food now every time I, I walk in that building. Because it is the best damn pizza I've ever I've ever had. So, so glad they're on our team and, and just amazing food. Amazing food. 
But here's the difference between a 20 and nine start and going 20 and nine during the middle of the season um, when you may have had a bad start. You get the confidence uh, of the team because that's what you're showing in the standings. That's what people are seeing that this could be a good team. I think it's enough to get them over 500. I think it's enough to get them 82, 83 wins this year. Um, I don't think it gets them to the point where they're in the playoff. I, I'd be stunned if they got above that, but I think that's, that's why it's so important to get off to a great start because of the confidence factor, the mental factor, Hey, we're a good team where you might not get that. If you say have a six and 20 start before you go 20 and nine, um, you're still under 500. So then it's just a, a good end of the season rather than, you know, giving them that confidence level. And that that's why teams who get off to a good start, their their playoff chances increase so much uh, uh, throughout. But um, so, so are you I'm sticking with your prediction of 76 wins then? That was my initial. I'm, I'm going to up it a little. 82, 83. Uh-oh. Our li- Ooh. 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 We'll hold you that. We will you definitely hold, hold you that. You hold me. Well, Thank you to our our viewers tonight for for tuning in and and all of our sponsors, Bet Rivers, Dick's Sporting Goods, Fanatics, and of course, Caliente's Pizza and Craft House again uh, for the wonderful time we had at Stage AE last week. Um, For JT and David and for Emmett, who could not join us tonight, we appreciate your your time. Uh, And you can look for this this podcast and the article that JT mentioned that Dave put on the website uh, today at draft412.com. It's really easy to find. Just type in draft412.com uh, and look for the Dave Finoli article or go to the podcast section and download this if you're a Pirates fan or an aspiring Pirates fan. I won't use the term bandwagon fan. I'll just say you're an, asp- you're, you're an aspiring Pirates fan. Okay. Thanks we're again for your time this covers. evening. Yeah, that's right. We, we could use them all. The bandwagon's kind of empty. So, But thank you, everybody, for being here. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys.